Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Fizz Beyond Carbonated Water. Introducing the Infizz Fusion by Sage. Carbonate a refreshing strawberry wine cooler or a homemade lemonade like never before. Infizz. And release. Infizz your flavour. Sage, the Infizz Fusion Carbonator, available in a range of Lux colours, exclusively at John Lewis. Our podcast might contain the occasional mild swear word or adult theme. Oh, hello and welcome to Dish from Waitrose and welcome to August. I'm Nick Grimshaw. And I'm Angela Hartner. Hi, Angela Hartner. How's your August going so far? Well, I've got a big party coming up, big festival. Oh, another one. Well, it's your birthday party. Yes. Don't know what we're doing yet. Don't know what you're doing yet. Well, we'll I don't know. I kind of want to... My birthday's 14th, which is a Monday. Mm. It's not a party day, is it? No. I hate having a party not on my birthday because I don't want to pretend it's my birthday on the 12th. It's my birthday on the 14th. So we have to do something on the so 14th. So I want to do a party. Well, can't you do two things, like do a pre-party, yeah, then another party? and then party. a thing. Yeah, I was thinking of doing something on the Sunday the 13th. Right, okay. Annie Max DJing in a park near my house. Fab, let's do that. So I thought I could just, we could go there. Yeah, why not? Yeah, up for it. And then, yeah, anyway, so it's not what this podcast is about, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But it's also the last episode of Series 3. I know. Nuts. Series 3. Can't believe it. We've got an amazing guest today. Yeah. Um, who I just said hi to. Mm. And they are already brilliant, I can tell. Mm. I'm just like, feel it. Yeah, she I looks can, gorgeous. She looks gorgeous. I feel like a tramp. <laughs> um, anyway, before we welcome her in, Agatha's been on. She says, hi, Angela. No, Nick. Really like... <laughs> Really like yours and Nick's show. My question is about chicken soup. Mm. Why is it that even after adding nice fatty meat, vegetables, the right seasoning and a bit of acid, it still ends up tasting of nothing? Mm. Is it the quality of the ingredients? I think it's your base, Agatha, your base of stock that's probably Mm. tasting a bit insipid. Okay. Sorry. She didn't say insipid. <laughs> Sorry, is that a bit mean? No. She said it doesn't taste of anything. It doesn't taste so, of anything. Yeah, so fine. go on, how do you do the perfect stock? Because every Sunday when I do a roast, to be fair, I don't do them when it's the summer. Yeah. So don't, don't want to roast in the summer, do you? No. Um, I do make chicken stock. Do you? On a Sunday night. What do you do with that? And then the dogs go mad all Sunday night because it's like the smell, the smell of chicken. Of course, yeah. And then I put it in the fridge on Monday. And Leave then it there and throw it out. Bin it on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like so I do that else. every week. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you make it yummy? Um, it's a quantity of chicken bones, if you like, too or carcasses to water. To water. So it's too you, much water. But too much water, you're basically diluting all the flavour. Uh, yeah, and I also the best bits for stock, if you want to make it, is the chicken wings. If you want to do it with whole pieces of chicken, chicken wings and the the leg, mm-hmm. don't use breast because there's you know there's not enough fat there, there's not yeah. enough flavour there. So that's it. Roast them off. And there's hardly even any bone in exactly. That. So yeah. that's what you want. So I think it's your stock, the base of your stock. You know, get your stock right, and also don't just add vegetables into it. 
sauté them off separately so then they start to impound a bit of flavour and then add them into your stock. Mm. You see? All I'll happening. Yeah, she knows. Um, <laughs> Agatha says, vegetables in the She's UK... She's got a lot of questions, Agatha. It's not a question. This is just oh, right. a damning point. A damning she point. Says, oh, uh, vegetables in the UK really seem to be devoid of taste. Should I go organic or use imported stuff, say from Spain or Italy? And go to Waitrose. What's in season now? Peak August. Everything. Every loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. Well, it's all the f- summer fruits, mm. isn't it? That's what you want: peaches, melons. Mm. Forget making chicken stock. In yeah, make the a summer. tomato make a, gazpacho with I love crab salads. Yeah, I love gazpacho. Gazpacho is my favourite. Is it? Love it. Yeah, I love it actually. Do really you make a good it. one? Make it? Mm. No, you're getting a carton. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just get in the carton. I love it. Me, she always have a little glass. Do of you? It. Yeah, um, with a little vodka in it, mm. a little bit of celery salt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's called a Bloody Mary. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's not gazpacho. It's similar. <laughs> Should we get our guest in? Yes, let's do it. Our guest today on Dish is someone that we think should sort of teach a degree in multitasking. In life. In life, in life. as well. Um, she's an author, a journalist, a fashion expert, entrepreneur, podcaster, and TV presenter. So let's make her a professor too, because we need to sign up to that course. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Dish, Candice Breathway, everybody. Hi, Candice. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Dish. It's pleasure. Oh my God, it smells so good. And it? congratulations on your 47 <laughs> accolades that is listed. <laughs> now, a professor. Yes. Um, how are you? How is life? Life is a little bit stressful mm-hmm. writing books four and five I did this wow. thing with my publishers where I was like I'd really like a year off they were like yeah sure took some time off and then they were like oh we need those two books next year so now like I'm working on four and five at the same time uh-huh. I'm like yeah this is an interesting experience <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like I really want to talk to you about the writing process which mm. I want to get get onto mm. in a little bit but there's one thing that we just mentioned that I really want to talk to you and Andrew about <laughs> and see if there's any similarities there. You're at the moment going through, like, building stuff at your house. Angela, too, (laughs) has got the builders in. Angela's other half, Neil, loves talking to the builders. Hate! Is yours the same? Absolutely the same. I run away. I, I, like, I don't even make eye contact. Mm. I hate that. That yeah. little small talk. Mm. Also, and I put up a post about this the other day. What are builders, landscape, anyone, any trades person that works with their hands, why are they so offended by milk alternatives? Oh. Why? Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, we yes. haven't had that problem. No, uh, really. Yeah. Uh, what do they have? Like oat milk? Your builders? No, I'm saying we haven't. I don't offer them an alternative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's not my problem. If you want coffee and tea in my house, you either have it black or you have the milk we have. That, yeah. That's it. What, yeah. what are we doing right. with the alternative? Do you like get them snacks and stuff? I do. Yeah, I do. I like. Oh, I see. My builders, we they because we do this takeaway food. Yeah. Um, we do it with this company. And um, and then when we change the menu once a month, we have a trial. And it happened that the builders were there the day I was doing the photo shoot for it. Yeah. And normally I might give it to neighbours or keep it. But I said, do you want some, you know, seven, or was it about eight o'clock in the morning? I said, oh, Chris, you know, there'll be food for lunch. Yeah. And he went up to me, we're having steak later. We're having steak. <laughs> steak later. And she's doing a steak. So they had like a three-course meal. <laughs> wow. 
Pretty good not, going. Not that's pretty good yeah. going if you're a builder and yeah. Angela yeah, Hartner. Yeah, right, right, three-course meal. I know, Neil, my husband, is annoying because he doesn't just talk nonsense. He just talks. So it's like I'm literally going, 45 minutes, you've been yabbering away when he could be doing work. <laughs> this is not, you know, yeah, I'm paying up. for those 45 minutes of you yeah. yabbering. Don't stop the moment. My builder, Bob, genuinely called Bob the Builder. <laughs> Sorry. Genuinely called Bob the Builder. Love Bob. Love Bob. Have you met Bob? I don't think I've met Bob. Bob's but... great. Yeah. Bob was very anti-milk alternatives. Okay. And he was like, have we not just got normal milk? <laughs> and I was like... Bob would like my no. And then now he's converted. Oh, he's an alien. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm making one person, and more annoying each day... <laughs> Builder by builder, yeah. It's just yeah. so strange. I'm like, they're so offended by it. I'm yeah, like, really offended. Yeah. What milk do you go for? I'm a Oatly girl. Oatly, so yeah, oh, I love it. Like yeah. And I like a barista version for the coffee. Yeah, for the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting a the great coffee. I they know, shouldn't complain. Yeah, shut up and get on with it. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> what about food in the Brathwaite oh. household? Who's doing the cooking day to day? Husband's always doing the cooking day to day. Our relationship is very, whatever society uh, defines as masculine and feminine, the roles are very reversed. Okay. So I'm like, hi ho, off to work I go. He's like in the kids WhatsApp chat. He does drop off and pick up. He does the cooking. He knows how to work the washing machine. Like when he goes away with his boys, I'm left like four um, A4 page lists of what to do, <laughs> when to do it, the timing for things, where security lights are. So he does all the cooking. Uh -huh. He's Nigerian. And as a Caribbean babe, I thought I was used to spice. Mm -hmm. No. Really? <laughs> He's like three scotch bonnets in everything. Oh, wow. So like you can be on the top floor of the house and your eyes just start watering. <laughs> oh, my it's God. Him <laughs> cooking. Like so porridge. Like, it's like, wow. But my kids can eat food far spicier than I can manage because oh. they've just been They're attuned. To that, now, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cool. But um, he does the cooking. He does all the cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, speaking of cooking, Ange, uh, let's get it going. If you do cook, Candice, what do you like to do? Is there anything oh, that you God. particularly Jesus. love? Jesus. Um, Rice Krispies? No, I'm joking. Kind mm. of. Um, a pasta thing. Yes. So like, I'm with you. Yeah, I found yeah. a recipe for like white wine and king prawn pasta. Mm. Easy, simple. Mm -hmm. I prefer to bake. Okay. I love to make like a good Vicky sponge. Yes. Like I'm more of a, a sweet tooth baking uh -huh. kind of gal. But cooking on the whole, I just find it, I don't understand when people are like, it's therapeutic. It's, I'm just stressed. Same. I'm just stressed. I'm like not <laughs> relaxing. Yeah. But you know what, working with Angela, yeah. I thought Angela would be stressed. Like if, I, if I'm stressed, like chefs must be like yeah. psychotic. But actually... <laughs> Actually, I'm not the opposite. Any names, but there no, are but I thought few. chefs would be like extras, but Angela's really like whatever. It's something yeah. like dry. She just like puts a bit of water in it. I'm like, oh yeah, not thought of that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just very like yeah. not stressful. I think I'm not saying I don't think it's a skill that can be taught or learned. I just think you've either got it or you don't. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, in the kind of world where we live in, and you can order what you want at whatever time, you're not even forced to get it to get it do you know yeah, what i mean i'm yeah. just like oh just order in it's fine yeah just order in. so what do you love to order in don't no, drink it <laughs> give Let's us your top that. tips yeah do you all eat as a family i guess you've got like you know oh, so yeah. many things to do and yeah. you, you know i want to talk about your routine yeah or we really try to eat as yeah. a family although the kids eat 
a lot earlier than us. So sometimes if we eat as a family, I find I'm then hungry at bloody eight o'clock because we <laughs> yeah. had to have dinner at five. Yeah. But I'm from a very like all around the table type family. So like everyone had to come and eat dinner at the same time. Mm. And I think that's the best time to like just extract, maybe even like things that are troubling my kids. Yeah at the dinner table. Mm. You're not gonna get out them when their head's in a tablet or they're in their separate rooms. But at the table, like my son will randomly go, oh, so-and-so pushed me today. And then you can go in like that. And I find like the, the dinner table is where you can do that mm. stuff. That's yeah. a really lovely thought actually, because it is that point of conversing around a table. Because yeah. everyone always says to me, what's your favorite meal that you've ever had in the world? I said, it's not all, it's not, it's the not about the food. It's about the company and yeah. the people. It's generally family is my favorite ever meals because yeah. you've just had a great mm. time. Yeah. But you are, because you're relaxed, aren't you? This and is people, it. Yeah, it's very good like that. Yeah, re yeah, I just, I like that for them. And I had that very early on in my childhood because I was raised by my maternal grandparents, which was really odd in the 80s. Yeah. But my granddad uh, was mugged and left blind in one eye. So he was deemed as unfit for work. And so my nan went to work and I was raised by my grandfather up until I was 10. And that was a very all around the table household. And then childhood got a bit shaky. And so now for me, having them around the table, it's like creating peace. Mm. I looked around my house the other day and I almost cried because I was like, I can't believe I'm the landlady of a peaceful home. Mm. I, I, I hadn't had peace in my home for a really long yeah. time. And like my kids come in, drop their stuff, and they're not worried about the electric meter or what's not to eat. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, you know, we're home. I, I literally looked up, I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice feeling. So was Grandad the like house, everything? He did the everything. cooking. Everything. Uh, the he still everything. is at 85 if he comes <laughs> wow. to my house he's just like patrolling the front roads I'm like Grandad what are you doing he's like you know neighbourhood watch I'm like yeah. you don't need <laughs> to do that um, but he when he came to this country so he came from Barbados in the Windrush period he ended up being a kitchen porter at really fancy hotels then elevated to being a chef so he was bringing that energy home my granddad's a tremendous mm. cook oh, a tremendous cook and so what and I think that has like seeped into my household and the way I live my life. I saw my nan, this woman, not do that, go to work, balance a checkbook every Friday. And I saw the man do the washing, the cooking. And that for their generation, those yeah. reverse Weird. roles is quite extraordinary, actually. I speak to my granddad now and I'm like, how did you feel about that? He was like, I'm not going to lie, it was hard because yeah, he had a lot of judgment reaction. from his mates. Yeah. Right. Like, what do you what do you mean? Do you like, yeah. what do you mean she's balancing the books? That was very odd at that period. Mm. And I feel like it just gave me the energy to live comfortably in that kind of household now. Because I think even people from my generation still find it a bit, there's a part of them that's like, Ugh. But yeah, I'm like, no, it just yeah. works, mm -hmm. you know? It just works. And do you think you, you still feel that now, you guys? Yeah. 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 And also, like, what I'm learning, myself and my husband have been together 11 years this year. Things aren't always the way they are. In another 10 years, if we're still together, he could be out being the breadwinner. And I, it just goes like that. And I think the minute you put such firm boundaries yeah. on what each person is supposed mm. to do, you've already failed. Mm. Yeah. Like you've got to be flexible. And right now, my job makes the household the most money. Why would you not key into that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But there are some relationships where masculine energy means that the guy's like, no. I've got to... Yeah, and it's about yeah, talking, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. As you say, discussing it, you know. And yeah. it, it's the smart move to do. Exactly. And that's not to say it's been easy for 
my husband, he's Nigerian born and raised. There are there was a lot of energy he had to fight through. But I'm like, it has to be good for the household, man. Yeah. yeah. It's good for the house. Yeah. You know? And do the kids love your husband's food? Love his food. Like when I go to pick them up, they're all slightly upset. Everyone's got a long face. Because they're like, well, mum's going to forget something and she's not in the WhatsApp chat. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I am trying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just come from, I don't know, hay festival yeah, you know, or something. Exactly. Give me a break. Just sold a million pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, I did like, no offence to my dad, but when my dad picked me up, I'd be like, he is going to be late. <laughs> wrong place yeah, yeah. not get it like just not you know it's yeah. I think when you're a kid you quite like the, the flow like yeah. you know exactly you like, like routine. That, the routine yeah. don't you yeah. so it'd be just like oh no the other thing that we noticed from your Instagram mm. was um, a big day your first fillet of fish oh, oh. my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh huge day back in May <laughs> your first so fillet of fish. Talk I couldn't get my head around it, especially in the black community. The chokehold fillet of fish has. I'm like, girlies, what's going? I called all my black girlfriends, like, what's going on? I'm so, I'm so sick of being out of the loop. They were like, we cannot explain it to you. You've got to try it. So it was 2 a.m. I had some takeaway, and I was like, this. But I tried it with no sauce and no cheese. Oh, and apparently oh. that's criminal. Oh, They're like, yeah. Oh, that's the whole yeah. point of any food. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's the sauce. Wait, so we, just the... Just the... Just the dry. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, wow, no. You've got to have the sauce. Yeah. But it was amazing. And how was it amazing? It was so good. Why no sauce? Why no cheese? I'm very particular about sauces. Okay. So maybe the cheese I could have done at a push. Yeah. But sauces to me... I was always that kid that was like, if the ketchup is touching the chips now I don't want it I'm quite like that like don't yeah. slather things on put no. it in a little pot on yes. the side yes. if baked beans touch anything I'm yeah. now not eating the entire plate yes. <laughs> it has to be in a little you might be with me on my biggest ick ever is if you're happily eat you know whatever yeah. and then if I go and put the plate in the dishwasher if the food touches my finger <laughs> I'm like ah! <laughs> like happily will eat it but not <laughs> Like, why? <laughs> what is that about? Like, if a bean touches my hand, Literally. I'm like, I have to have a shower. Literally. What is I that about? So... And then if it's someone else's plate. Oh! Oh, oh, <laughs> gravy on a knuckle. <laughs> I'm like, hell. Hell. <laughs> You're like, get it off. <laughs> what is that I'm about? Exactly, I don't get it. I'm excited. I don't know. But we'll happily eat it. But yeah, I'm but don't. Touch it. I'm not going to touch it. Oh. We want to talk about shopping with you. Now, regular listeners to this podcast will know that Andrew and I hate shopping. Why? Hate it. Why? Okay, okay, Pardon hold it. on. All right, let's okay. get, let's get, to, let's get to the roots Freud of this. Freud me out. Come on. So I hate uh-huh. walking around the shopping centre. Yes. I hate the physical aspect of going on the hunt. So much so, I literally almost wore a tracksuit on my wedding day because I refuse <laughs> to do this, oh, let's go to this shop. I, I hate that. Uh-huh. But I do like being inspired by people then trying to recreate that and being on a website till 2 a.m. Uh-huh. So what, do you hate both versions? I hate both versions. Ah! I, <laughs> I, I like the mooching. Oh, oh yeah. I hate the trying on. 
Hate can't the try on. on. Like, can't try on. Yeah. My friend, right, she used to work at a fashion magazine. Yeah. And once she got employed by, um, I can't remember which Kardashian, but a yeah. Kardashian. She was coming to London and wanted some outfits. Mm. So my friend got in the job of going to all the shops, mm. buying the clothes, and then setting up like a shop in a hotel room yeah. so that whichever Kardashian could go in yeah. and go shopping and buy it, yeah. but from a hotel room. Yeah. I kind of want that. <laughs> so like someone goes out to all the shops, thinks, oh my God, what would, would Angela Hartman like? That. And then puts it all in your hotel room and you're like, it's so much easier. I get that. Yeah. Although even though I hate the mooch, <laughs> I'm really quick because now my personal style is so defined. Right. So I think know. in my early 20s, that took it out of me because I was literally trying to dress like, I don't know, bloody Britney Spears. Like I was just trying to replicate someone else's <laughs> yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like mid thirties. I can look at a rack and be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Like I'm really quick Yeah, you've with got it. the look. Yeah. Know. Hang on. So on your wedding day, you didn't want to do all the wedding dress uh, Okay. So here's the story, right? You know that COVID happened. We were like, oh, let's get married. Bloody hell. It was actually our accountant that was like, you two are taking the piss. You need to get married. We was oh. like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love a romantic accountant. It's like a J-Lo movie. He's like, you're making my job so hard. Get married. So I was like, oh, fine. So then we go to the registry and we know that weddings are backed up by 18 months, mm. two years. We're like, we're just here to register the thing so that you can say we're not married to people in, I don't know, Bermuda, whatever. We sit down and then she's like, oh, a date's become available in the next seven weeks. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Cool, we do the thing. Because I've never been that kind of person who was obsessed with getting married, I didn't understand that you can't just walk into a wedding shop. I didn't know that. Like, you can't just in seven weeks go to a wedding shop and go, I want that dress. Don't. What you, happens? You, you need to be on the waiting list for two years. What do you mean? Oh, You've got seven weeks. We can't, we can't serve you. I was like, what? what? So I went to multiple wedding shops, all the designers in the land. Uh, Don't get me started on the fat phobia of being a slightly chubby bride. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, this is so painful. <laughs> so I just got to a point where I was like, a cute tracksuit perhaps? Like, yeah. So we ended up going to a place where we shop at quite often. I go towards the changing room to try on a completely different piece. There is a dress hanging up on the back of the stockroom door. Speak to the lady, it's going to landfill. Landfill? It's going to landfill because it's been in there for too many seasons and it can't be returned to the main store. And it's worth 16,000 pounds. And it's in Stop. my size. Shut up. She sells it to me for 800 smackers. <laughs> oh, oh my, that is a round of applause. All right, food time. Angela, what have we got? We have spaghetti aglio scampi. So mm. basically, spaghetti with garlic and scampi. Wow. Mm. Now, this does not look like scampi, what you'd have Deep in, fried in Oldham. In a basket. No. <laughs> These just look like prawns. <laughs> they but are is that, prawns. Is, what does scampi mean in fish? Well, it's basically prawn, isn't it? Scampi oh, wow. is Scampi is really when you're, I suppose, we use it as something that's deep fried. But in Italy, we call it langoustines. Prawns is essentially mm. what they are. So and lots good. of garlic and tomatoes. Mm. Bon nice. appetit. Wow, this is really good. Mm. Mm. So we're going to have a little white wine little with vino. this. Mm. We are going for a Pinot Gris, which is going to be perfect with the prawns and the chilli. Perfect with shellfish and also will hold up to the chilli as well. We've got an Ara single estate Pinot Gris. So do you cook these with the shells on? 
The recipe mm -hmm. that if you go online to Waitrose to look for, it, it's shells on. But I've taken them off because I know you don't like the hard work. No, I don't. But what I did do is put all the shells in the sauce. Oh, okay, So they're yeah. all in the sauce, all the heads. Oh. So all the flavour comes out, so you don't waste it. Mm -hmm. And But then I haven't served it with the heads. I've just served it with a little bit of shell at the tail. Okay, yum. So if you just go to the... Just um, go to the Waitrose fish counter yeah. and ask for large palms with shell. Mm -hmm. Then you remove the outer bit of the shell, keep the heads and put that in the sauce. There you go. This mm. is really mm -hmm. tasty. Cheers, guys. Well, cheers. Mm. Mm, that white wine is nice with that. Mm. That's delicious. Isn't it? Mm. Might have to take a picture of that. Mm -hmm. We can get you a bottle of that. We can get you a bottle of that. We can get you that home. If you want to try this recipe, and do because it's delicious, uh, or find out more about the wine, waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. Let's talk books, please. Oh my gosh. Let's talk books. So you're currently working on four and five, yeah. but let's go way back to book one. Because you, you started at first writing blogs, right? And it yeah. came from there. If we go all the way back, I used to be a student at a school called Brit School, which mm -hmm. is for performing arts and jazz hands and all of that. And I majored, as the Americans would say, in the dance strand. Halfway through that year, my English teacher was like, you're in the wrong job. <laughs> <laughs> she was like if I didn't tell you how gifted I thought you were as a writer, wow. that would be bad. And I kind of knew that, but there was a part of me being working class, black girl from South London, that aside from someone that felt as far-fetched as say Mallory Blackman, I was like, right, that's not really real, is it, Candice? You're not going to actually get to be an author. So mm. you kind of just park it. And when that teacher said that again, it just got my mind ticking. I ended up winning a competition to work in a, one of the biggest publishing houses in the world, I would say. And that's when I was introduced to bloggers. This mm -hmm. was 2013. I, there wasn't even the term influencer. I'm on the phone all day. How much do we have to pay you for you to promote this book? The price they were telling me, I was like, I'm in the wrong job. It's like, got it, got it. on the other side of this phone call. Exactly. And in my brain, I was like, how do I make the transition? Being the Pisces that I am, I didn't really think it through. I just quit two weeks later. I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And found that, and this, I have to say this, publishers don't kill me, were unfortunately leaning towards people with large platforms and not necessarily a great writing gift. Which is right. insane. Insane. Mm -hmm. And so And wrong. it happens with songwriting as well, like, like with pop stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everyone has to go viral on TikTok mm -hmm. first before they can get a deal. And I was like trying to like get a manuscript around and... The, the pushback was always the same. Great writer, you need more social media followers. I can't believe I that can't is actually how they now decide. That is literally depressing. how mm. it goes. So I was like, right, let me work on this following then. And I spent the next five years like really trying to build an online audience. Long mm. story short, we get to about 2018 and I finally get a deal for my first book. Right. But to say, to say that I came to writing at a time where so much was being changed and spend is being pulled from bus stops and magazines and now being thrown on the internet, like I was really at that junction. But now I feel like there's a blessing. Now I can just like pick up a book deal like you pick up Tampax. Yeah. It's really... <laughs> <laughs> it's really frustrating to be on that other side. Yeah. Mm -mm. So my granddad was severely dyslexic, so dyslexic that until this day, he sends me a photo of his letters and then I read them back to him down oh, the phone. Wow. Um, and his thing with and me... And wouldn't have been recognised or picked up by anyone, of yeah, course. Exactly. Yeah. And his thing was like, 
being able to read and write is going to be able to change your life. So yeah. even though he he actually didn't know what I was doing, he would stand over me with homework or like my handwriting. He was like, your handwriting needs to be clearer than that. Like he was really all in and making sure that I can read and write well. And every Friday he'd go to a bookshop. I think it's in Oval. They probably closed down now. Oval, South London. And he'd pick three books at random because he cannot read the titles and bring them home. So he's bringing a seven-year-old War and Peace. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is hilarious. <laughs> but any with any pictures? Like, yeah. I remember once he brought me a book called Erotic Tales. I was wow. like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yeah. Grandad. So broad education. <laughs> He made like this semi-fake library at the back end of the dining room. He was just all in on me knowing stuff. Even if he couldn't quite comprehend it. And so I think he helped plant that little seed. And now it's like a legacy thing to come from a household where the person who raised me can't read and write, Mm -hmm. to have a dad who really wanted to be a sports writer, but then went into banking and then law because one of the places he went to get a job at were were literally like, we don't employ black guys to write about sports. So that's in what, the 19, late 60s, early 70s, to now be the girl that gets to be the Sunday Times bestselling. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like... Yeah, wow, what a journey. Well, it's better in your children, isn't it? You always want better for your children. You're always going to invest in what you didn't have. But to go on to such success must make them... I mean, just oh my tears God, of constantly joy. Cries. Like, yeah. I oh, stopped tears inviting him. I don't have enough Kleenex. I'm like, oh, yeah. you're going to cry. You're going to cry. And do your kids love reading? Love. And now it's strange because my daughter went to World Book Day as a character from my book. Which oh, I just cool. I was like, that's that, that. That's a surf. Who have you going? I don't know if you've read my mum's <laughs> book. Yeah. I think it was on the Sunday Times. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I'm her. So, That's yeah. amazing. That must have been very surreal. So surreal. Yeah. Yeah, really surreal. Oh, I, my attention span is so terrible. Yeah. I always loved, loved reading as a kid. Yeah. And my attention span is so bad. I, f- I find it harder to read now than it is as a child. Do you think the inter- that's like the internet and 100%. how much we're yeah. given yeah. all the time? Yeah. Because mm. I can't even watch like a film now with the distraction you- of like, I can't. Yeah. The commitment. Oh, I'm watching a TikTok and I want to scrub forward. Same. And it's three minutes yeah. long. You know yeah. what I noticed? My attention span's getting bad. Like I used to love grand designs, right? <gasps> yeah. And now I'm like, an hour. <laughs> I want to see it before and I want to swipe and see at the end. Like, sorry, Kevin McLeod, I ain't got time. I want to sit. That's what it's like. Read the last page yeah, of the I'm book so bad. Know I know it's, it's, really, it's really, really, really bad. Yeah. I'm not saying that in, I'm, I, I, it's a bad thing. I'm yeah. not, you know, I really, yeah. I really, but at the beginning of the year, I had to train myself to read again. Like, because I can read, but the attention Turns span of being focused. Yeah. And someone told me to tick off each page with a, pe- with a pen. Oh, okay. Because you just feel like you're... Get- so when you look at it, you're like, oh, I did mm. read. But there's a time because you sit there and you go, oh, actually, it's Sunday off and I'm just going to read. Yeah. But then you think, oh, I've got so many other things to do. I can't <laughs> waste 40 minutes, which is ludicrous. Because yeah. mm. actually... That's pleasure. You know, you'd watch a film for that. Why not read? Yeah, the only time I dedicate to reading is in bed. And then I think that's the wrong time. That's like the end of the day. You're snoozy. I'm laid down. But I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like after a page. So it takes me like four years to read a book. I'd rather you read a book than be on your phone in bed. Yeah, Yeah. true. For sure. Much better. I band it in the morning as well. Love that. Yes. I don't look at my phone until about 
11 a.m. I know my manager's sitting in the corner, but whatever. That's very healthy. <laughs> She's like, don't I just know it? You were meant to be on Lorraine Kelly two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> So when I'm not your baby mother came out, it mm. had such a an amazing reaction, and mm. it felt for me as you know, not the person that wrote it, mm. like an instant hit. Did it feel like that? I guess not when you've you've lived with it and sat um, with it and, and wrote it and been on the journey. It did feel like an instant hit. I'll be frank though. So let's say it came out Thursday. Mm -hmm. George Floyd gets murdered Monday, and so it gets sucked into this vortex where everyone's like, "Oh, this is one of the books you need to read mm -hmm. to help you unlearn." And so, I love that book with all my heart, but there is a tinge of like, it's very bittersweet. Yeah. Because I do often say to my husband, if we all didn't watch a black guy get murdered on our mobile phones, would such books have grown in popularity? Mm -hmm. yeah. I do question that all the time. And that's not to belittle the power of I'm Not Your Baby Mother, because I didn't know this at the time, but when it came out, it was the only book you could get in the entirety of the British Library about black motherhood written by a black British woman. That's frightening. Really. In 2020. In 2020. Yeah. Like, Crazy. I kind of knew it because I had my mm -hmm. daughter in 2013 and I had to get all my material flown in from the US. But to actually see that written down, yeah. I was like, damn. Mm. Dear. And it just felt really weighty. Yeah. As much as people are like, oh, yeah, pop champagne. Writers work all their life to have a moment like that. Mm -hmm. How about, like, going on to do book two? Had you even thought about writing <gasps> book two? Or so you... book two was originally I, the idea of book one. Right. But, and again, it's such an interesting conversation, the pushback for book one was that there aren't enough black women who are going to be interested in this material. Can you make it for a more diverse audience? Who, who's pushing this? This is publishers saying. Mm -hmm. Publishers sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what they said. And again, that was, that was in a time before George Floyd. Right. So all of a sudden... Wow. So did you have both books written parallel? No, they just no, pushed back the idea. They just, you yeah, I just you stuck to your idea. guns. I stuck yeah, to my brilliant. guns. Well done. And so they were then like, oh, this is a great book. And I was just sitting there like, it's the idea we've been throwing around for three yeah. and a half years. Mm. But now all of a sudden you believe there's a market for it, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So if I... If I could have had it my way, Sister Sister would have been first. But what happens, happens. Yeah. And then what made you sort of move from, I suppose, not autobiographical, but now into fiction? You know, because you've done that oh, transition, yeah. haven't you? You know, and Do you know what? Yeah, which I, is a brilliant book. But, thank you. Yeah. I just got tired of mining my own life. Yeah. I had a really hardcore upbringing, a lot of violence, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain. And I was like, at what point? When do I get some time off? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so funny because the YA book is just as traumatic, but in a very different way. <laughs> but I was just like, I'm tired of going through my life in this way. I want a bit of a break. Mm -hmm. sure. And so that was the encouragement to go down fiction. And fiction is so freeing. Also, I know my, I think I've got one more adult book left in me and then I'm leaving the adults for good because there is such a joy to doing school visits and meeting 12 year olds and 13 year olds and seeing this light in their yeah. eyes I'm like ah oh, this is where I want to catch readers because it's in the mind yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so in your mind those mm. books when you're, teen, you're young yeah. and a teenager yeah. like, exactly. all you can think about I'm like oh I yeah. want to be that writer yeah. I don't want to be the writer that's defined by activism mm. or changing a grown man's mind 
that there's no joy in that. Yeah. I want to hit you when you're 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Because yeah. wow. we've all got those books that we remember. That are, you know, the five books you remember yeah. as a kid, whether they were part of a syllabus mm-hmm. or just they were books that you think they changed your life yeah. or you still will reread them. This you know, it. it's amazing. So first fiction book, Cuts yeah. Both Ways. How did it happen? How did it happen? Again, there's always like a backstory. Uh, we, so I was born and raised in South London, Brixton. And then I got pregnant with my son and all that was flooding me was knife crime. I was like, I actually don't want to raise a kid here. Not a boy anyway. So we totter off to Milton Keynes, <laughs> bit of green space, a bit of fresh air. But in my periphery are my friends who are in a way stuck in a space that just makes them fear for their kids' lives. And now it's of any gender. And I was like, how do I write a fiction book, again, that gives that come to the table type moment? You know, for the kid that is scared to tell their parents, a gang is grooming me. Yeah. Or I'm feeling the pressure to have to carry a weapon. I was like, how can I become like this worm in fiction? And that's when the idea for Cuts Both Ways were born. And so Cynthia, our lead character, her brother Big Mike has unfortunately been stabbed to death. And so her family whip her out of the city and take her to like the countryside. She ends up at this really posh private school, the only black girl. Um, catches the eye of the only black boy and then a love story unfolds from there. But what I found in writing it is so much of Cynthia is actually my daughter's life. Right. Because it's just so far removed. Like my daughter goes to this really posh private school where I'm just like turning up, blasting DMX. and (laughs) (laughs) She's like, mommy, please turn that music down. And so our lives are just really different. So to get into Cynthia's head, I was having to pick my kid's brain. Like, what sports do you do again? Like, what happens in your world? Mm. Because, yes, I'm a black woman, so I'm often called to talk about race, but now I've transcended class. Sure. Where I began isn't necessarily where I am. And also where I began, my kids may potentially never be. Mm. And so they're having a, my daughter would know more about this wine than me. Mm. Do you know, it's like, it's very strange. Um, and I wanted to try and like, Does that make that. you feel slightly guilty? Or it's, isn't it more that you're just following on with your grandfather and father pushing the boundaries for you just, wanting better for your excited. children? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just, ex- I'm really excited. It's really wonderful to just be around kids who aren't in fear of anything yeah. or aren't expecting anything. Yeah. And they shouldn't be. A exactly. child should not have to live a life like yeah. that. Yeah, or like, I worry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's really, I do sometimes pat my shoulder. I'm like, God, if you, if you die tomorrow, you've done all right, girl. Yeah. Because in the earliest years of their life, they just think that they're entitled to these spaces and places, which is all you want yeah. for your kid to not feel like, oh, I'm less than. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Confidence. To yeah. Them. And they should have that innocence and exactly. be free. Yeah. In terms of the process of writing, is it different when you're doing fiction <laughs> to, to non-fiction? Mm. No, it's just as chaotic. <laughs> it's like, I won't look at a manuscript for three weeks and then I'll write 10,000 words in a day. Mm. Wow. I'm so impressed, borderline jealous of the people that are up at 8 a.m., write for five hours, have a coffee break. I'm like, mm, just not feeling it today. Sorry, love. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably that. the right thing to do. Yeah, not, I'm just know. like, I'm not in I'm not. In you're not going to give your mood. best, are you? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, I've never missed a deadline. And so in my mind, I'm like, as long as you know what's due and when and you stick to that, go for it. Mm. But I'm not a routine, babe. Yeah. Do, you, do you attempt it? Because I wrote a book last year yeah. and I attempted to wake up at A, sit down on a computer and it's like, days had passed and I'm not writing <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> the, and then one night it. at nine, I was like, this book's pissing me off. <laughs> and I sat and wrote how it's pissing me off. And then that was like my first chapter. See yeah. what I mean? So it just was like, just when... Needed something. So yeah. you, need, you needed something, yeah. So would you attempt to go and sit down and do like... Yeah, like, in, in, nine, yeah, in the early days, I'd yeah. be like running to a calf, like, oh, yeah. look at me. <laughs> and then I was just like, this ain't working. And I, I write best at like 2am. Right, wow. When the house is dead silent. Yes, sure. Like, always music playing. Yeah. Wow, really? I struggle to write without music in the background. Oh, yeah. And so like... Kano basically helped write the entirety of I'm Not Your Baby Mother. Like, he owes me a lot. um, So, yeah, lots of music. And just understanding that as long as it gets done, to the best of my ability. And are you good on a deadline? Like, when it gets near the deadline, do you find that quite inspiring? Oh, yeah, love a bit of pressure. Yeah, me too. Also, because, like, very traumatic childhood and I found peace in childhood, I find myself trying to buy back trauma in different ways. I'm like, oh, what can make my blood boil today? (laughs) 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 Might just be late with that. Yeah, an angry publisher deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And okay, we want to talk about Closet Confessions, Ooh, your yeah. podcast, mm. now in its second season mm. and available from all good podcast platforms. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you um, have brought some confessions along, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I've got one. I've yeah? got a few, yeah. Are these your own personal ones? No, these are ones. From that, listeners. From listeners. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, one of my favourite, I know this one off by heart. So, a woman and a man recently get married. He is renovating the house he owns pre their marriage. Oh. She finds out he's cheating. She smashes up the house. Oh, so she like licks out the kitchen counter and his cupboards and everything new. She she's look at you two crazy. No, but I'm loving this. <laughs> I love a drama. <laughs> smashes up the house, prints out all the nudes and all the text messages that she's found on like A4 sheets, sticks them all around the house, packs up her stuff. As she's leaving, his mum is pulling up into the drive. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. And then she blocks him on all platforms and then sends an email filing for divorce a week later. And she's like, I've never felt better. Wow. Wow. Not the mum pulling up. Could you imagine (laughs) the mum? Wow. I was like, that is still one of my favourites. That's a confession. That really is. Yes. Wow. God. You That Um, really is. Okay, Okay. then there was the girl. This was a bit silly. She cheated on her husband with a guy at work and then the sex was really bad. (laughs) And then she she felt guilty and she was like, oh, what do I do? I was like, you just... Just don't f about, like, and now it just don't even feel worth it because the sex was rubbish. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I, oh. Don't admit to rubbish. Like, sex. Don't admit no. to rubbish. But the thing is, with closet confessions, we've—I wouldn't even say confessions. We've had some stories so deep that we end recording and just have a good cry. Right. Right. Or you have to give a trigger warning or mm-hmm. in the show notes, leave like links to therapy. Like, sure. I don't know what it is about maybe us not seeing the person. They're just, yeah, it's, it's just like, a I have yeah. to yeah. say this stuff is happening in my mm. life. And so we just set up that podcast for Bants. And now sometimes I'm like, oh my God, you know, yeah. it's really, yeah, it's a lot. It's Anyth- good, but a- it's a lot. Anything you'd like to share, Ange? No? <laughs> Oof, I don't know. No. Not really, not really no. anonymous on your own podcast. No, it? it's hard, no, isn't no. it? Mm. Oh, no. no. I was thinking if no. I, did, so I did something cheap. Have you ever been to a not. different supermarket? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so we were talking about babies and stuff. My sister's just had a baby. 
and she's living with us because she had a cesarean and she's doing it on her own and stuff. And that's great. And she's amazing and little Elsie's amazing. But I've made this rule in the house because Anne's had to take loads of medication. Yeah. I said, we're not going to drink. It's not fair on Anne if we all get, you know. Yeah. And so and my husband loves to drink. And so he came in a bit drunk last night. Well, I thought he was in bed and then I heard him and I'm like, and I had rather cheekily gone, got in late last night and had a glass of wine, but I thought no one's around, no one's yeah. going to know. I'll so break my rule. Exactly. Yeah. And then of course I hear Neil and I thought, so I've literally opened the cupboard hide the wine and then sit there like this real, I thought you weren't going to drink. <laughs> I said, weren't we supposed to be supporting Anne? <laughs> what a cow, what a cow. Oh my God, Anne! <laughs> Sorry, Neil, I really love you. With the wine in, in the cupboard. That. that is amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to do our end of show question. Okay. We have a question in here for you, Candice, and all you've got to do is uh, open it and read it out. Okay. And if you want to answer it, then you can get yourself a Waitrose goodie bag. And with that wine, yeah. Okay. If you don't, you don't. Oh. <laughs> that was so That's flat. the Jeopardy. That's the Jeopardy. Hi. We saw that you recently went to Beyonce, as did most of the crew, and also recently went to see Coldplay, who you described as the best band in the world. We need you to choose, please. Oh, Beyonce or Coldplay? Coldplay. That was oh, wow. Wow. Straight away. That was straight Sorry, wow, wow, she's wow. like, give me two goodie bags. Not even a thought. If Beyonce's listening on that Renaissance tour bus to dish, like... Well, Beyonce, I love Beyonce, but do you know what it is with Coldplay? I say this all the time. Wristbands. They, they... <laughs> 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 do you know what? I'm going to sound like a complete idiot, but when I used to see clips of that on tour, not me thinking everyone had lighters up at the same time or something, I didn't. No, that they were wristbands. I remember my mum seeing that once at a gig yeah. and my mum going, wow, is, is, so is that a rave? <laughs> and I was like, no. That's what you thought a rave was. Maybe people put their lighters up. <laughs> yeah, that's a rave, yeah. Yeah, my, sorry, go on. My thing is, Coldplay have a track for every point of your life. Yes. Giving birth, a funeral, graduation, <laughs> wedding, bar mitzvah, Coldplay have you covered. Whereas Beyonce, it's just like cry about a guy or dance when you've left a guy. You know, it's, like, it's, not, it's not giving you enough scope, is it? <laughs> She's not filling the blanks of our lives. Yeah, is she? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Beyonce. Like, sorry. That is so funny. That's amazing. I think you've won that bag, Anne. Yeah, you definitely yeah. won that bag. A round of applause for our guest, Candice Brathaway, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for that having me. That was so fun. So that was fun. great. That was really fun. I didn't want it to end. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. If you would like to recreate today's dish for your friends or family, or maybe a stranger in the street, head to waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. That is where you'll find all the meals we've ever made on the podcast. Follow Dish wherever you get your podcast so you'll get it delivered to your device every week. And if you enjoy it, please leave us a great review. If you don't, listen to something else. <laughs> we can't all have a Michelin star chef in the kitchen, but you can get some Michelin star advice. Email your questions for Angela, wherever they are, to dish at waitrose.co.uk. Waitrose. Food to feel good about.